episode 1118, Decorating for Kooky Christmas. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Christian, bringing you theology at warp speed. I'm Matt Anderson. And I am Ben DiBono. We're on a, this is the first episode yes. on our new laptop, so it might, it might be a disaster. This is historic. We have been using the same laptop since at least 2016. I believe that's, I believe that's exactly how long we've been using it. Yeah, almost a decade. And here we are in 2023, late 2023, and Ben showed up today with a brand new laptop that listeners, your dollars helped us purchase. So if you're over there supporting us on Patreon. Some of your dollars. If you're over, Many of you are freeloaded. If you're supporting us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash the sci-fi Christian and you've subscribed it, maybe the extra feed for only $3 a month or maybe the uncensored feed for $7 a month. We're putting out weekly roughly weekly material out there and so well, i'd I, say more than roughly i mean i think well like I'm, what i mean i can't say literally weekly because like what if there's a week we took off but if there's a week that we're together there's we're, usually multiple yeah so it, it, on average well over once a week for each of those levels yeah yes on average i i think we I, on a given week i think uh we usually do a main feed episode an extra feed an uncensored, and then some other one, like maybe another extra, maybe a skinny yeah. fat Christian. I we have time for four episodes usually, unless we're in the middle of a deep dive, right? And then okay. main feed typically gets the boot, yeah, because people are paying. Over but not there. tonight. No, tonight you guys we, get to find out about the decorations, and also because we need to test the new laptop, and <laughs> if we lose an episode, which I don't think we, here's. Uh, I, I'd say if this sounds off, it's probably going to be the audio levels, which we can we can fix. Uh, or I think the part that's probably going to sound the worst is I bet the music is drowning out our voices when you do the welcome. Yeah, I can fix that. But be we don't have to worry fix. about that. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Anyway, uh, I'm envisioning that, you know, you're probably listening to this. Thanksgiving has ended. That was, I'll, I'll later figure out how to shut off the sounds. Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, we, this is going to be way after Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so thanks. <laughs> See, I was picturing everybody's in the afterglow of Thanksgiving, and of course they turn on the sci-fi Christian, yep. and they're thinking, maybe it's time to decorate. But yeah, we are backlogged at the moment, so mm-hmm. it could be quite quite a bit after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So we weren't able to post last week's episodes. Why be- weren't we? Because the hard drive that I was using oh. had a meltdown and had no space. I we could- didn't lose them. No, no, we have them. They're on a, They're on a jump drive right now, but... No, we didn't lose them. But I, I maybe we should talk about this off the air. But the meltdown was interesting because there was no more I could delete, yeah. and the hard drive was still telling me this hard drive is full. Yeah, that's not good. Have you experienced that, or have you? Well, heard it that? sounds like your your laptop's just done. Yeah. Okay. So, Back to it. Anyway, uh, as you're preparing to decorate for Christmas, why not whet your appetite for cookie Christmas? So I I just I have a a couple of. I have two silly observations that are kind of in the kooky Christmas realm. And then I thought it would be interesting for a few minutes to break down all of the drama that's happening with OpenAI, the chat GPT oh, people today. Yes, I would love to talk about uh, that. Because I think that, that it's interesting, but then especially reading between the lines is quite interesting. So, but I thought I could kick off kooky Christmas by talking about car washes. 
Okay. Like tonight or next week? Is this no, an episode? This, okay. is, this, is, this is not its own episode. Uh, I will say to, to actually tease what we are going to talk about, I'm reading a fascinating book called Encounters by a uh, Catholic UFO uh, researcher. And uh, that's going to have at least two episodes worth of material for us. So we, we've got some good stuff. Uh, but no, so car washes. Um, I've gotten them. You've gotten them. But probably for the most part, I imagine, most of us are getting car washes when you just go get gas, right? Like you f- fill up your oh, tank yeah. and it asks you if you want a car wash and they say yes. Uh, have you observed that there is now a plethora of standalone fancy car washes uh, springing up all over the place? No, honestly, I haven't observed that. I believe you, but I haven't seen it myself. So literally, I'm not exaggerating. When I drive home tonight, I will drive by two under construction, brand new car washes within a few miles of each other. And there are two others within this same, say, five mile radius that have sprung up in the last couple of years. I can see where this cookie Christmas is going. You think this is a scam or like this is some sort of money laundering? 100%. 100%. Like you've heard the conspiracy about the mattress stores. No. You've never heard this? No, tell me. Oh, so you know how there's mattress stores all over the place? Yeah. Well, and, kind of. Uh, well, like every little strip mall has a mattress store in okay. it, sometimes more than one. Like If you actually look at the volume of mattress stores and compare it to the number of people who are buying mattresses, there there's simply no way that the demand for mattresses can possibly support this many mattress stores. So it leads to the wow. obvious conclusion that these mattress stores are a, a money laundering front. I've never heard that before. Really? No. Well, the, I, the reason I thought about the car washes is because of Breaking Bad. Right. That's what they do on Breaking Bad. Right. I mean, this seems it seems like such an obvious one. But, you know, at first it was, and I've been to one or two of these, and they're, well, I think I've been to one. Because uh, it seems to have been erupting in the last several years. And it's not as though there was no standalone car washes prior to this, obviously Breaking Bad. And I can think of one in my area that's been there for as long as I've lived uh, where I've lived. So 15 years at this point. And it's, it's sure it's been there longer than that, but it, it predates uh, my time in the area. But it's like overnight, overnight, premium car washes are springing up all over the place and i don't believe for one second that this is just natural like why 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 so something is happening there's something happening yeah i mean it's just it just it's like there's got to be something behind that i'm not saying it's aliens or anything like that but you know i do think that there's Similar to the mattress store thing, car washes. Maybe it's because the mattress store conspiracy exploded on the internet, and now car washes are the new way to do this. I guess it's just something for the listeners to be watching out for. Uh, so I'd, I'd be curious if other areas are seeing an explosion of standalone car washes. I've also seen an explosion of uh, storage spaces, like mm. like rent a storage, rent a locker type spaces. Yeah. Um, but I think that's just because people have a lot of crap. Yeah, that's just consumerism. That's yeah, people. It is weird though. I've been thinking about not been thinking. I have in the past thought about like it's tempting to want to save your stuff someplace. But if you think of how much it costs to reserve that space every month, and you're just sticking yourself in there, it would actually be cheaper 
to give all your stuff away and rebuy it someday than yeah. to spend monthly fees. That's right. Uh, you're right in the sense that consumerism, but I I don't think that it's it is bizarre to me because I mean, do you just have an extra few hundred bucks a month laying around to go buy a storage locker or whatever they cost? I do not. Yeah, it, it, me ne- I mean, if I had to, yeah. Like if I had to, yeah. I could of course come up with the money to do that, but that is not at the top of my list. And it is odd to me that, again, I can think of two very large use uh, store places or whatever they're they're called um, within, you know, five miles of mm-hmm. each other near my home that have been built in the last three years. And it, it kind of boggles the mind. Yeah, I agree with that one. Okay. But I do think the car wash is interesting. The car wash is interesting. I'll start to watch for that. So, uh, number two, one thing that, people find interesting but i have typically not found interesting in the kooky christmas space until today is the mandela effect oh right yeah so i think the mandela effect is mostly people on the internet uh getting themselves excited because their memory sucks right like they they mispronounced something as a kid yes and now we're living in a multiverse. Exactly. It's it's just stupid. So uh, I still stand by my opinion of most Mandela effects uh, things. But I did have something happen to me today uh, that made me feel like, whoa, that was a little weird. All right. And it has nothing to do with conscious memory. And I think this is the key because I, when you think about, uh, oh, I don't remember this being that way. Yeah, but your memory just is bad. That that doesn't prove there's a multiverse, and of course neither does this. But it is, at least to me, slightly more suggestive. So I've I've worked in the same building on the same floor for um, almost six years now, which means that uh, multiple times a day I'm walking through this same doorway. Uh, and let me explain a little bit because we have you know badged entrance and the way that things are laid out is that to get to any of like the kitchen area or the the uh, bathrooms place I frequent uh, <laughs> anything basically other than offices and cubes you have to uh, exit this badged area and then you have to badge back in right so it's got like a little doorknob that you turn in everything so I, I'm walking out as I have virtually every day for six years multiple times when i'm at work you know maybe 10 trips a day through this not all of those for the bathroom but just like some of them maybe for a meeting on the other side of the building or you know going down for lunch or something like that so many many trips through this and uh, on every one of these trips it's been the same you open the door you know you badge out or you don't badge out but badge back in so today when i walked up to the door i pushed it like why why would I do that? Like all of my muscle memory yeah. tells me there's a handle there that I have to turn in order to open the door. And I just walked up to it and pushed it. <laughs> Which I I can say with confidence I have never done once so in what, 6 years. What happened? I don't know. It it felt very Mandela effecty to me. Or in the simulation maybe they changed the door. Exactly. Like it was a push open and now it's not. But I can, like, all my muscle memory, and this is this is the difference, this is why it's more convincing to me, is that uh, your memory just sucks, whatever, but your muscle memory, like, that's at the subconscious level. 
you know, this wow. is not me thinking about it. This is not me thinking, oh, I wonder if uh, Shaquille O'Neal played a, g- a genie or whoever, you know, whatever that, that one is. Uh, I wonder how Berenstein Bears was spelled. Like, shut up. This is a subconscious, my brain told me to do something that's the opposite of what I've done thousands of times. So that's pretty wild. All right. That is an interesting one. I do think Sinbad did play a genie. I know you disagree, but it was Sinbad. Well, yeah. But here's the thing about so it. So do you. We, like you've said, we're just confusing it with the one that she, Shaquille O'Neal was in because that one did exist. Mm-hmm. But people remember the name. No, they don't. Of the movie. No, that they don't. Did, that supposedly didn't exist. No, I rem- don't. I remember hearing about it as a kid. No, you don't. You, I'm sorry but that you, you might have be a right. bad memory. You might be right that I have a bad memory. Okay? and But... It is weird that so many people no, it, misremember so this. I will explain this about the Mandela effect. The um, Mandela effect is a combination of bad memory and um, peer pressure. Not peer pressure. That's the wrong word for it. But but like, social. It's it's more of a social experiment in the sense that if you were the only one who didn't remember or remembered this differently, you'd, of course, conclude that you were wrong. Mm -hmm. As soon as you find a few other people with mistaken memories or it becomes a meme or something, then it's very natural. Other people want to be part of it. Like, there's a social element where I want to have experienced the Mandela effect. It is just kind of weird that people remember the same actor being in a very specific type of movie. I... I know it's, that you think it's, it's just. I know you think it's just weird that, or you think that people are just mixing up actors. When you're a kid, especially if you're a kid who lives in a less diverse area, so you don't have a lot of black people that you know, two tall, bald black guys are naturally going to get confused in your mind. I I know you've made this argument before. I don't think it I know works it sounds racist, but it's one hundred percent true. Anyway. All right, let's move uh, on. But I so do Mandela, think that there was a movie starring uh, Sinbad as a genie. So you, when you watch uh, How To with John Wilson, he shows up at the Mandela Effect oh, convention. He, he does. And it is one of the more pathetic things I've ever witnessed. Okay. So you'll, you can look forward to that. Anyway, open AI. Let's talk about this. So this is where, and likely by the time people are listening to this, this drama has escalated. Yes. There, so, like There's so many updates just since this weekend. Yes. Yeah, so I, I assume you've been following the news a I'm up bit. to uh, about whatever was going on this morning. So Sam Altman, a CEO of, of OpenAI, was fired by the board. Um, yeah, under secretive, mysterious circumstances. Kind of. The founder was so against that that he himself also quit. Yes. And then they both were instantly hired by Microsoft. Uh, well, you skipped some parts. A- Open not a- really. OpenAI realized they made a mistake and tried to hire him back, but then Microsoft took him instead. Yeah, and all that's still playing out. Like, he's, you know, because the uh, OpenAI employees are in revolt and threatening to quit. Microsoft has said that they'll hire anybody who quits from OpenAI. We should let the listeners know, just in case you aren't up to speed, OpenAI... Are, uh, is the company that started ChatGPT. Correct, correct. So, and all this is playing out. Now The, the one of the people on the board is, has changed his mind and wants Sam Altman back. And so, you know, it's going back and forth. But likely what's going to happen is OpenAI will cease to exist as a company and be effectively absorbed by Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, what do you think about that? I mean, that's huge. That's a huge deal in the world of AI. It, it is. So there's two things going on here. Uh, one of which is I don't buy for a second 
that all of this just happened. Meaning that, let's say that you were the co-founder of a super successful, you know, the hot company, and then you get fired. Are you going to su- accept a job offer instantly? No. You're going to see what else is out there. So I look at that and say, okay, whatever is going on behind the scenes, Microsoft was aware of it and the deal was in place. You're saying he was going to leave anyways. Not necessarily, but he was aware of the possibility and he'd already worked it out with Microsoft to have a landing spot. Okay. Uh, still sticking on the business side, people, you know, I'm going to get to some trademark Ben DiBono AI anger here in a second, but let's just stick on the business side. Uh, I strongly believe that Microsoft is behind all of this. This is a way for them to essentially take over OpenAI without having to take over OpenAI. Because if you get their CEO and their uh, co-founder and then all of their employees wind up quitting and instantly know they have a job over there, Mm -hmm. you've effectively taken over Mm OpenAI. So Microsoft is buying the business without buying the business. Yeah, I heard some people saying they're they're buying OpenAI for $0. Yes. So I think from a business succession type perspective, all very interesting. Uh, And I'm more or less convinced of those. The more interesting part from an AI perspective is that the instigating issue that led to all of this was AI safety. Specifically... Should you, as I've been saying, start pumping the brakes on AI, you know, and of course people who work for a company called OpenAI aren't going to go as far as I am, and we wouldn't expect them to, uh, but start pumping the brakes and say we need to be more cautious than we are currently being, or is it pedal to the metal, full guns blazing, full speed ahead. The OpenAI board seems very much like they were on the safety side. And Sam Altman is on the let's go side, as is apparently Microsoft. Um, So, you know, you can get into the specific arguments. I think one of the issues was uh, Sam Altman wanting to make copies of ChatGPT privately available offline. So, you know, which Mm. it would be quite a leap if you think about like any type of safety thing that you could put in place if people are using your service all of a sudden isn't available if it's just able to be hosted on a private server uh so it's like takes things out of the open so to the extent that they are and makes it all that much more dangerous you know wanting to be closed source as opposed to open source of the code meaning other people can't see what's going on with your code at the at a certain level um as well as just uh how fast we want to develop agi artificial general intelligence which is where the really scary stuff happens um Two observations on this. One is more speculative than the other. I'll start with the more concrete one. Uh, whatever happens, the AI safety crowd lost badly. Like So my side in this, and of course I'm even more extreme than the safety crowd in this, uh, they lost badly. They, they attempted to kick out the person who was being reckless in their estimation uh, and succeeded, and in doing so, destroyed their entire position in their company. 
So whatever happens, whether AI, OpenAI gets absorbed in Microsoft or they bring Sam Alton back, the board lost. The safety side lost completely. Total disaster. If you have any interest in AI safety or, or saying we at least should be careful with how quickly we're accelerating, everything that happened this weekend was a total blow for that. Just complete, you could not imagine a worst case scenario. Uh, number two is that, and this is where it gets more speculative, is why now? And I think it feeds into the argument that I've been putting out about, you know, this stuff is going to start to accelerate. You know, GPT-5 is no doubt in development. What is it? Like, to put it another way, if the safety concerns were all theoretical in the future, say, five years down the road. What should we do in five years? I don't think you take something that drastic. If the safety concerns are relevant for what's being developed imminently, I think that spooks people enough to take this type of action. In other words, what is it that the pro-safety side of OpenAI knows that we don't, because it's not publicly out yet, that spooked them enough to essentially destroy themselves? in the name of taking their stand. Do you want to speculate or do you not want to do it? No, because I think that's, um, I think it's just whatever GPT-5 is going to be that much more of an exponential jump, which we've already seen over the last year. Um, and it's only been a year. And think of, you know, what was released a year ago compared to what was out there with like those Dolly image generations it's night and day. What exists with GPT-4 as opposed to GPT-3, which was what was released last December. Um, I, I, I'm afraid that I'm about to be proven right. Hmm. So not dark the, times are ahead. This is not the best time to talk to you about this, but as you know, you were trying to keep me off of using ChatGPT and AI and whatnot, and I recently accidentally used it for the first time. How, how does one accidentally <laughs> use ChatGPT? No, I didn't use ChatGPT, but I recently used, I should have said I used AI for the first time. So well, probably not. I mean, that's the reality yeah. of the world we live in: is that you almost certainly have. Used I it. think I had an experience that would be a really watered down version of what people are experiencing with ChatGPT. I'll tell you about it quickly here. So, as you know, listeners and Ben, I've been decluttering and trying to sell things on eBay. Uh, I happened to be posting a Funko Pop that I had, mm. and I noticed that eBay's interface for posting things had changed just slightly. And there was a button you could press to help generate text oh, that, sure. that was described that would describe your product. And usually I'm like, okay, this is a new unopened Funko Pop of so and so character, box number blah. So I have to yeah. title this on myself. So I noticed, ah, oh, there's a button you could press. So I press it. And then I, as I'm looking clo- you know, I'm more looking closely. It's some sort of very tame AI right. that's just looking at the the uh, skew number looking at any data I already entered in about it and it's generating some four sentence description it's not great like the description is not always great but it saves me some time so I've been using it so about for about maybe the last week I just press that little button and it generates something I have to edit every single one I have to change it slightly because not I've never had one that was perfect right from the start yeah so but it, I can see it I will just admit even though this is a really watered down version it's got me more tempted than ever to try something like a chat GPT because I can see 
the time saving value. Talk to me about that. No, I'm not going to. Like I'm I at this point like you've heard all the arguments we're just running in circles with it. Like you know that what my stance is. All right, well. It's it's a like It's pretty awesome. It Yeah, exactly. That's the <laughs> that that's if it wasn't awesome, there'd be nothing to talk about. Uh, well. But it's like you got to you got to decide, you know, how much if there if if there are dark things at the end of this road, how far down it are you going to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what a little far. Yeah, I mean, I, I think generating Funko Pop like that's just the most tech bro, you know, Reddit thing. <laughs> Getting mean? AI to generate <laughs> Funko Pop descriptions. I, I don't think your immortal soul is in danger just yet. All right, thank you. That's good to hear. Yeah, it does help with eBay. It's not helping a lot, though, because I do still have to edit it down, but it's helping. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it saves time is, is a horrible reason to do anything. Really? What? Yes. So what? I'll give you some reasons, and you tell me if they're horrible. So you already said saves time. What about this is kind of cool? I mean, I get playing around with technology. Yeah. I get that. And when I say something saves time, like... It's similar to, like, the fact... Here's what's behind that statement. And I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about culturally. Is that we value efficiency more than other things. And efficiency is valuable. But it's like, what what irks me with it is, like, how are... Has anybody done the intellectual work just within their own soul to think about what do you actually value because the fact that we're just defaulting to efficiency good efficiency is neutral as a concept efficiency can be good efficiency can be negative you know and so do there are things where the fact that it saves you time is bad i've used the example of you know a pastor preparing a sermon or something mm-hmm. like that get in there and do the struggle you know art is another one it's why ai art is so just revolting on every level like, get in there and and struggle with it i am against as are you with a pastor helping or generating their sermon from an ai but man i can see the temptation because you just press a button and it just put something together for you that like my experience with right. eBay, not high quality, but I've heard of, and you've heard of examples where it's actually putting together in quotes, high quality material. I can see the, yeah. I can see the struggle with that. I can see the temptation. Well, that's what I mean is then you have to decide what's your hierarchy of values. And unfortunately, because nobody's ever thought through that for themselves, we default to efficiency. Like, and this is why, you know, I think there are apocalyptic concerns and everything with AI, and I, I say that unironically, but let's just say there's not, and, and maybe there won't be, but there's there's concerns about what it does to you as a person. And to simply default to efficiency good, that's not necessarily, maybe it is, maybe you, you think through that and you come up with the argument for why that's valuable, but you're just you're like inheriting a set of values that may actually run contrary to what you you believe. 
All right. <laughs> do you want to? Uh, are we heading into Cookie Christmas next week? Like, do you want to do the first episode next week? No, no, probably two weeks. Do you want to tease it, or do you, like as I close this episode out? Do you want to say what it's going to be, or do you want to just surprise no, listeners? Let's. I'm still, still, still carving it away. Okay. Well, it's, it's and, coming and here, to listeners. Here again, everyone. Would Cookie Christmas be as good? If I just asked an AI to do it for us? No. Yeah. It's the fact that I am in the kooky Christmas trenches for you. I'm reading books. I'm struggling. I'm And it has been a struggle this year to come up with material. You know, but if it's just delivered on a platter, it's lifeless. And maybe that's all some of you want because you like Disney movies so much. But the rest of us are interested in the struggle. Well, listeners, that's all from here. I'm Matt Anderson. <coughs> I'm Bendy Bono. And we're the Suffolk Christians. Sign off. And that's a wrap on our first episode with this brand new laptop. So let us know if it sounds horrible. I, th- I mean, we'll listen to it ahead of time. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be great. It'll be fine. So long, folks. Goodbye.